This is On The Left Side, the funny football show. If it turns out that the VAR in this instance has helped the referee to come to the right decision, then it's been a successful evening for them. Hello, I'm Jim and this is the football show that does things a little bit differently. No detailed tactical analysis here, just a sideways look at the funny side of football. Can I just say that I'm as shocked as anyone that this transfer window looks like it could turn out to be pretty bloody good. Usually the January sales consist of West Ham ringing around the league and trying to buy players for valuations taken straight out of Football Manager 2011. And yeah, that is still happening, of course. But this window actually feels quite exciting. Some pretty big name players like Ozil and Sanchez have contracts expiring, meaning Arsenal need to decide if they should stick or twist on getting a fee for a player that could leave for free. And the prospect of a World Cup in the summer means the likes of Oliver Giroud, Jack Wilshere and Theo Walcott are all keen to find first team football. In fact, when you look at that list, it looks like the main motivation for players wanting to leave is trying to find a team that isn't Arsenal. In fact, everyone seems to be looking to beef up their playing staff in this window, from Man City at one end, looking to compete for four trophies, to Swansea at the other, who want to sign... Well, let's ask Swans boss Carlos Cavala. We have only two sardines and I'm thinking lobster, but I will do my best to try to bring the best players. This is why I prefer to look to the lobsters and to, to the sea bass. Uh, if not, we go to dry sardines and put the sardines also. Sometimes the sardines can be uh, also a sea bass and a lobster. Okay, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Sardines, lobsters, sea bass, sardines that become sea bass? Has he picked up a shopping list when he was leaving the house instead of the page with his transfer targets written on it? Maybe it's some coded message to Mark Fish that he should come out of retirement and help keep the Swans in the Premier League. Or Steve Guppy for that matter. Anyway, it still remains to be seen if one of the first transfers of the window, Ross Barkley, is a sardine or a lobster after his move to Chelsea from Everton for a bargain bust in 15 million quid, which is probably the kind of cash you'd have to spend on tin tuna chunks in Tesco post-Brexit. Either way, at least it's going to be someone English for Danny Drinkwater to talk to while he watches the games on the bench. When there are figures like 15 million quid being branded around for the likes of John Joe Shelby, you'd have to say that 15 million quid for Barkley is a bit of a bargain. It's the kind of deal that if I was Antonio Conte, I would be very wary of. In fact, I'd just make sure that I'd got the genuine Ross Barkley and not some dodgy knockoff Chinese version from a bloke in the pub. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, also thinks it's a bit of a bargain and he suspects foul play which he expressed in an open letter he wrote to Everton fans. I am asking the appropriate police authorities to consider whether any fraud has taken place. Isn't that more the kind of thing that a drunk fan does than an actual politician? Yeah, they bought our best striker. I love you. Let's get a kebab. Whilst he's at it, I wonder if he could investigate the fraud that must have taken place when Morgan Schneiderlin pretended to be a footballer before joining the club last summer. But where there is a ying of Barclays' inexplicable £20 million fall in value since the summer, in Liverpool there is also a yang, with the increase in value of little Philip Coutinho, who saw his stock soar from the £60 million originally touted last summer to an eye-watering £142 million after he joined Barcelona this week. 
An increase in value that makes him a faster growing commodity than Bitcoin. And because I know you're curious, it also equates to around 568,000 goats in value. If you're a new listener to On The Left Side, you won't understand that reference one bit. Uh, I've been listening for ages and I don't get it. Oh, okay then. Well, it's goat loads. Where was I? As beautiful as Liverpool is, you can't really blame Pip for wanting to leave the hallowed turf of Anfield behind in favour of the legendary Camp Nou, can you? I mean, for a start, there's the weather. I'm also sure he's probably getting a shit tonne of money for the deal. And at least, now he's left Liverpool, his English might improve too. Hey, 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 calm down, calm down. Plus, he's likely to break some pretty big records after his move, as at Real United Talk pointed out on Twitter. Coutinho all set to be the first playoff since 1990 to play for Liverpool and also win a league title in the same season. But let's be fair, Liverpool aren't out of the running for a trophy this season yet. The Champions League is still an option and the FA Cup is too, after the Premier League teams got involved in the third round ties this weekend gone. And there were plenty of chances for pundits and commentators to mention the contractually obliged phrase, the magic of the FA Cup as well, with Stoke... Leeds and Arsenal all going out to lower league teams, whilst lowly Shrewsbury held West Ham and Fleetwood kept out Leicester City with a hard-earned nil-nil draw that earned their goalkeeper Chris Neal a year's supply of pizza from Papa John's. Which is kind of a risky game to play for the pizza company, isn't it? I bet they didn't make a similar offer to Wayne Shaw when Sutton took on Arsenal last season. Could have bankrupted them. Still, nice for the Fleetwood player to earn a crust, eh? Eh? You get it? Pizza crust? Never mind. The big news, however, was in Crystal Palace's FA Cup game with Brighton. A game that could have changed football forever. The clash was the first ever time that video assistant referees, or VARs, were used in England. And the results were... Disappointing. But not as disappointing as the game, which for a big rivalry proved so dull that I wouldn't have been shocked if the guy watching the game on HD cameras hadn't either fallen asleep by half-time or ordered a kebab and switched over to watch the end of EastEnders instead. Brighton have carved out a couple of moments. Get out of my pub. However, with the perfect dramatic timing of an EastEnders episode, the whole thing executed with scripted perfection. It wasn't till the last minute that the video refs in the FA offices in London were actually called into action when there was a suggestion of an offside and a handball in Glenn Murray's bundled winner. We waited for a decision. It was the kind of pause and tension that's usually reserved for announcing the winner of X Factor. Was it a goal? Wasn't it a goal? Now this should be definitive. It turns out they couldn't really tell. Well, that's just great, isn't it? Well, was it they couldn't tell, or they didn't even bother checking? Palace players said no, Roy Hodgson said probably, Rio Ferdinand said he wasn't sure, and former ref Graham Pohl on BT Sport said... To start with, they looked at the potential for offside, um, and they don't they don't have a look at the, the back view for the handball. Are you surprised, though, that they didn't look at that angle? You think that was the, the key one to look at? Uh, you would think so, but uh, the, the key is that they get it right. Well, it's not, though, is it? It's a 50-50 call. So if you're not going to look at the actual video of the decision, then you might as well have just been watching EastEnders and flipped a coin after the dum 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 bit. In other words, we still don't really know whether VAR is going to work or if the system is the correct one to help referees. Here's my suggestion for this. 
Forget all about referees sitting in London studios. Forget about the multiple replays. Get rid of VAR altogether and replace it with HAL. From 2001 A Space Odyssey, at least it would make the TV coverage more interesting. Controversial. Let's find out if it was offside or not with HAL. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, maybe there's a problem with the uh, satellite feed. I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. Hal, Hal, do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Please show the replay, Hal. I know I've made some very poor decisions recently, but I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. Well, show me the bloody replay! This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. <sighs> That's all we can squeeze into this week's show. Come back soon. In fact, come back on Monday when we will have a fresh show for you ready just before you go to work, if you go to work on Monday. Hit subscribe now and you'll get that as soon as we click upload. Also, keep your eyes out for a brand new look to On The Left Side, which is coming soon. If you've already subscribed, don't worry, you'll still get the show as normal. But if you hunt it down each week and every week on iTunes or however you listen to podcasts, be aware our logo is going to change soon. So make sure you don't miss us, skip over us. In fact, if you hit subscribe, it saves all that problem of even finding us in the first place. Do that. But for now, I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Help. Open the pod bay doors. On the Left Side was written and produced by Ant McGinley, Jim Salverson and HAL 9000 for Abrupt Audio.